Oh, this is the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. The website is mainlyplants.com, social media, at mainlyplants. Get a hold of me through there or the website, or you can email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. For all of your Amazon shopping needs, go to mainlyplants.com slash Amazon. Uh, doesn't, doesn't increase the price of anything that you buy. It just simply helps me out so I can continue to do the podcast for free. Um, and, oh, the t-shirts. There's still a few left, um, so get them while you can. Um, if you head to mainlyplants.com, click the link in the navigation bar that says Shop Mainly Plants, and it'll take you to the little store, and you can pick the color that you want, men's or women's, uh, which are different styles, and then you can rep the whole food plant-based lifestyle. It's amazing. You know, when I ever wear my shirt, I usually wear it to the gym and stuff. First of all, it's the most comfortable shirt, right? Um, but whenever I wear it, there's always people who will ask me about it or talk to me about it because they know, you know, who Esselstein is. Esselstein is my homeboy's t-shirts or what we're talking about. Um, but they'll always ask, you know, ask me where I got it or how can I get one or, you know, it's awesome that you're plant-based or I just saw what the health or folks over, forks over knives. Um, and then people who don't know who he is ask me who the hell is Esselstein? And then it gives me an opportunity to talk to them. Um, which is cool also. So it's a win-win situation. Um, they're super inexpensive, um, especially for you know a nice t-shirt. So uh, go ahead and get on that. And uh, this week, like I said last week, we're going to be covering diabetes, or if you're Wilfred Brimley, diabetes. Um, is that how he says it? Diabetes? Diabetes? Diabetes. Okay, so, you know, it is... It's becoming more and more prevalent. We're hearing about it a lot more and more these days. Now, diabetes tends to occur in people who are overweight. Um, so the two really do go hand in hand. From 1990 to 1998, um, which is, what, just eight or nine years, the incidence of diabetes in the United States increased by 33%. Over 8% of American adults are now diabetic, and over 150,000 young people now have diabetes. Now, there are two types of classifications of diabetes, type 1 or type 2. Now, type 1 is the really ser more serious kind. Now, type 2 is less serious, but in the long run, it can cause just as much damage. Now, type 1, which again is more serious, develops in children and young people, and thus is referred to usually as juvenile onset diabetes. Now, this form accounts for about 5 to 10% of all diabetes cases. So you can see it's a smaller amount. Type 2 diabetes, which accounts for the remaining 90 to 95% of all diabetes cases, used to occur in adults aged 40 years and older, and it was thus named adult-onset diabetes. But because up to 45% of new diabetes cases in children are now type 2 diabetes, in other words, um, the adult type of diabetes is now occurring in children, the age-specific names are being dropped, and you'll hear people refer to diabetes as type 1 or type 2, which is really sad if you think about it. You know, something that we used to be referred to as adult onset is now becoming uh, more and more prevalent in children, so they have to change the name of it or how it's referred to. Now, in both of these types of diabetes, the disease begins with an impaired or dysfunctional glucose me uh, metabolism which means that the metabolism of the blood sugar that is circulating and providing much of the energy um, for our bodies, okay? In type 1, there is a loss of the ability to produce insulin. Now, insulin, I've mentioned it before, 
is a hormone produced by the pancreas that's required for the utilization of glucose, um, specifically for the ability of glucose as it circulates in the blood to penetrate and enter into the cells um, where it does what glucose does. Um, so insulin is is super super important to be to um, being able to utilize glucose. Okay, those sugars that our body needs. Now, type one individuals have lost their ability to produce insulin. Uh, the cells that actually produce the insulin in the pancreas have been damaged and often in a very severe way. Um, so they can never be repaired. They can never be, uh, produce insulin ever again, even when there is plenty of glucose present. In type 2 diabetes, the, um, there is a loss of the control of using the glucose. Um, blood levels become high in individuals who are consuming simple refined carbohydrates. Um, the carbohydrates are quickly absorbed and higher glucose levels happen because of that. Uh, among young people who persistently consume these kinds of foods, uh, blood, glucose, blood glucose levels tend to remain fairly high. And a response, insulin is overproduced to try and help the glucose get into, <coughs> excuse me, oh, into those cells. Now, this continuous production of high levels of insulin eventually leads to a resistance on the part of the cells to actually use the insulin. Now, this ends up being a condition called insulin resistance. So, in these cases, I'm sure you've heard of that before. Um, in these cases, even though there's plenty of insulin around, and ample and ample supplies of glucose it still ends up as a diabetes-like condition because the glucose is simply not getting into the cells to do what it should be doing. Um, so what does that all mean? Basically, type 1, type 2 diabetes are different in the way I just described, but the end result is the same, right? The glucose is not getting into the cells. Now, the complications of diabetes can be very, very serious. There is two to four times as much heart disease among people with diabetes. Heart disease is the number one killer. There is two to four times the risk of stroke among diabetics. Over 70% of the people with diabetes have high blood pressure. Now diabetes, incidentally, is the leading cause of blindness in adults. And one that many people know um, about is that diabetes is a leading cause of end-stage kidney disease, which often requires kidney dialysis, um, which you can imagine is very, very expensive. Now, over 100,000 diabetics underwent kidney di dialysis or kidney transplantation in uh, 1999 alone. And another very serious condition um, can result in those who have diabetes, such as um, nervous system disorders, which may require the amputation of limbs. I'm sure people have heard about, um, there was actually a story, really, really gross. I'm gonna gross you out real quick, but there was a story, oh, it was probably about six or seven years ago, and this guy was diabetic, and he woke up, and his dog had chewed his toe off because the limb was dead and he was, he was about to have septicemia, which is blood poisoning because of the infected tissue. And his dog chewed it off because he sensed that there was a disease in there um, and basically saved his owner's life, uh, as disgusting as it is, but this is all a result of diabetes. In fact, over 60% of all lower limb amputations have been performed on diabetics. That's staggering. 
people you know are losing their limbs when they don't have to at least with type 2 diabetes even type 1 diabetes but type 2 diabetes especially this this list that i just described um is is long enough and serious enough to show how scary diabetes is now, the disease has many complications and often it's the overweight people who tend to get it uh, modern drugs and surgery really offer no cure for diabetes. At best, current drugs can help maintain a reasonably functional lifestyle, but these drugs don't improve your lifestyle. They just maintain it. They're, it's treatable through drugs. Now, as a consequence, diabetes faces lifetimes of drugs and medications, making it a very, very costly disease to have. Now, the economic toll of diabetes in the U.S. alone is over $130 billion a year. Okay, so it's no wonder that the federal government and doctors don't tell you how to treat diabetes through diet. Okay, because a, a recovering diabetic is a big loss of money. Now, like I said, there is hope. Uh, the food that we eat has an enormous influence over diabetes, especially type 2 diabetes. Um, the right diet not only prevents it, but has also been shown to treat diabetes. And of course, that diet is the same that is used to control obesity. Now, like most chronic diseases, diabetes shows up more in some parts of the world than others. Now, this has been known for over 100 years. Uh, it has been very well documented that populations with low rates of diabetes eat different diets from populations with high rates of diabetes. Now, as, as, a carbohydrate, as carbohydrate intake goes up and fat intake goes down, diabetes rates decline rapidly from around 20 to 2.9 deaths per 100,000 people, okay? Now, of course, the carbohydrate intake we are talking about here um, is, is the complex carbohydrates that come along with the consumption of plant-based food. So a high carbohydrate, low fat diet, um, which means whole food plant-based in other words, okay, actually helps to prevent diabetes. Now this was first documented uh, in studies about 70 years ago and it's very kind of not really surprising, but uh, I don't know, it's scary that, that the, the, these results weren't spread around, you know, that, that, that it's not well known. Um, now, 30 years later, after the first real um, uh, study was done, the question was re-examined um, using 11 different countries. Now, there is this drastic relationship between diabetes and obesity, um, and it's actually quite impressive. Increasing amounts of overweight and obesity are associated with increasing incidence of diabetes. Yet, both of these studies um, are often considered to be kind of crude because we aren't really comparing populations. Now, populations are rather diverse. And so many people who don't want to think about these relationships point out that these kinds of studies are unreliable since they uh, involve populations. Um, some critics of the notion of this relationship between diet and diabetes um, are just putting their head in the sand, right? They don't want to be convinced and therefore they won't be convinced. Now, according to these critics, because diabetes is a genetic-based disease, there may be unmeasured cultural factors that we have to think about. 
Um, there are uncertain physical activity factors, and of course, some of this can play a role in diabetes. But that tends to focus people's attention on those factors, and we lose sight of the dietary effect. Um, so instead of looking at diverse populations across the broad range of dietary conditions, um, let's, let's kind of boil it down and look at diabetes rates within single populations. Now, um, let's take the Seventh-day Adventists. Okay? The Seventh-day Adventist community shows up in a lot of research. Um, they're, they're particularly interesting um, because of their dietary habits. Their religion encourages them to stay away from meat, fish, eggs, coffee, alcohol, and tobacco. Now, as a result, about half of Seventh-day Adventists are vegetarians but 90% of this half still consumes dairy and egg products, um, deriving a significant amount of their calories from animal sources. Now, it should be noted that the meat-eating Adventists, which are the other half, are not really the meatiest of eaters, for lack of a better word. They consume about three servings of beef a week and less than one serving of fish or poultry. Uh, now, obviously, plenty of people who consume this amount of meat um, every couple days are not uh, rare, right? We all know people who do this. Um, so in these Adventist studies, scientists are comparing moderate vegetarians to moderate meat eaters. Now, this is, really is not a big difference to discern what relationship diet may have with diabetes. Even so, the Adventist vegetarians are much healthier than their meat-eating counterparts. Okay, so I hope this all makes sense. Moderate uh, vegetarians to moderate meat eaters. Even though that's not a big difference, um, the vegetarians are much healthier than the meat-eating Adventists. Now, those Adventists who deprive themselves of meat also deprive themselves of the onset and the horrific nature of diabetes. The vegetarians in these studies have shown about half the rate of diabetes of the meat eaters even though the nutritional differences between these groups of people are not nearly as large as they might seem, right? Moderate vegetarians to moderate meat eaters. Not a big gap there. Now, the vegetarians also, about, also have about half the rate of obesity. Now, there are actually dozens, if not hundreds of studies that have shown the same thing. Now, if you're still not convinced of this relationship, consider the more rigorous kinds of experimental study, the so-called controlled or, or intervention studies, um, where the experiments may, in fact, take a group of people who are diabetic and actually change their diet to see what happens. Now, this is kind of where I fall into it, right? You can show me a study of, of people at baseline who are, you know, in a big group all day long, but when you give me somebody who, um, who is already diabetic and change their diet to see what happens. That's kind of where the big the big shock and awe comes into. This guy, Professor James Anderson, at the University of Kentucky, is one of the most prominent scientists studying diet and diabetes, and has been doing it for a long time, years and years. Now, he's published very impressive results using dietary means alone. Now, one of his studies examined the effects of a high fiber, high carbohydrate low-fat diet on 25 type 1 diabetics. Now remember that type 1 is the more serious kind, um, and it's only about 5 to 10% of the diabetic population. Um, and 25 type 2 diabetics, which are the vast majority um, of diabetics, the ones that used to be adult onset but are now everywhere. 
And he did this in a hospital setting, so it was very controlled. None of his 50 patients were overweight, and all of them were taking insulin shots to control their blood sugar levels. After just three weeks, the type 1 diabetic patients were able to lower their insulin medication by an average of 40%. Now, that's remarkable because most people in that field, even now, would deny that diet really has much of an effect or anything to, to do with type 1 diabetes uh, because those are the people who um, are allegedly not able to produce insulin and um, so should be unresponsive to dietary changes. And nonetheless, he was able to show that with that dietary change to a whole food plant-based diet, they were able to almost cut their insulin medication in half. Now, their blood sugar profiles also improved dramatically. Just as importantly, their cholesterol levels dropped by 30%. Now, I think this study, although it's a single study, is really remarkable um, in terms of its effect at least and needs to really be looked at further. Of the 25 type 2 diabetes patients, 24 were able to discontinue their insulin medication during the course of the study. Discontinue it completely. In another study of 14 lean diabetic patients, total cholesterol levels decreased by 32% in just two weeks. Now, these benefits representing a decrease in blood cholesterol from around 206 milligrams down to about 141 and are truly astounding, okay? Especially considering the speed in which they healed themselves. This guy, Professor Anderson, also found no evidence that this decrease in cholesterol was just temporary. Now, as long as people continued consuming this high carbohydrate, low fat, whole food plant-based diet, it remained low for an additional four years, which was um, the entire length of his study. Uh, another group of scientists uh, at what is called the Pritikin Center. Uh, it's actually kind of kind of well-known in the medical community. Uh, you might have heard of it before, the Pritikin Center. Uh, achieved equally spectacular results by prescribing a low-fat, low plant-based diet and an exercise uh, program to a group of diabetic patients. Now, of the 40 patients on medication at the start of that program, 34 were able to, to discontinue all medication, all medication, after only 26 days. Now, as you can tell from these studies, you can actually beat diabetes, let alone keep it under control, and save some of that $130 billion a year that we spend on it. Now, as we continue to do these kinds of quote-unquote treatments, right, um, getting people to adopt a whole food plant-based diet for diabetes, uh, just because that's what we're talking about today, um, you're also going to control obesity. They go hand in hand. So the results are really remarkable in the terms of the effects of diet on both obesity and diabetes. Now, I've said it once, I've said it a million times on the podcast, type 2 diabetes specifically is completely reversible. You can cure yourself from type 2 diabetes. Now, let me repeat that because a lot of doctors will tell you different, but they're wrong. Let me repeat that. You can cure yourself from having type 2 diabetes. So if you are overweight, if you have insulin resistance because of it, if you have type 2 diabetes, if you adopt a varied whole food plant-based diet, an appropriate one, you can get off your medication, lose weight, not go blind, not have to deal with all the 
health effects that type 2 diabetes causes. Limb amputation. Nobody wants that. Um, so really, you know, you really have to think about what you're putting into your mouth and, and how, how our food can either kill us or cure us. Um, so the choice is yours. Do you want to eat for health and for life and for happiness? Or do you want to eat and kill yourself, basically? Um, you know, there's a famous quote. It's my favorite quote. It's, let medicine be thy food and let food be thy medicine. Everything in nature, um, in terms of diet, in terms of eating, is provided to us for a reason, right? We, we, There are plants for everything, but you need to eat appropriately. It's not natural to have pizza and, and cupcakes and all this other bullshit. Now, I'm not saying you can't have that once in a while, um, especially the the ones without animal products, because um, they're still not healthy for you. They're still processed. But, you know, at least 80, 90% of the time, if you're healthy, you should be eating a, be eating a whole food plant-based diet. If you're sick, if you have type 2 diabetes, if you're obese, if you have insulin resistance, it's got to be 100% of the time. Now, I, you know, when I tell my clients that, they're like, oh man, I, I don't know if I can make that change. It's, it seems so hard to, you know, eat that way all the time. And I tell them, listen, You've been eating a certain way for a long time, and look where it's gotten you. You've made yourself sick. You've made yourself fat. And now you need to go hard in the other direction to get yourself back to baseline. And once you're back there, then you'll have a little more slack. But you need to spend 100% of the time on healing your body now. Because Americans are living longer, but more of those years are sick years. So we're not really living longer, we're just dying slower. And no one wants to do that. You want to be around happy and healthy so you can spend time with your family, quality time with your family and grandkids and go hiking and do all the fun stuff, not be on an oxygen tank having to inject yourself with insulin because you're a fat fuck who doesn't want to change their diet. So listen, I can't make you change. No one can make you change. Only you can make yourself change. And if you're not ready, then you're not going to do it. But you gotta have that aha moment. You gotta have that that moment where, and, and sadly, sometimes you know it's it's a big thing. You know, you might get really sick and say, "Shit, I really need to look at what I'm doing to my body now, because I've damaged it so bad that now I'm in a, a really mortal place." So I hope, I hope, I hope that for those of you who are already whole food plant based, keep it up. For those of you who aren't, please take it to heart. Please consider it. Um, you know, maybe build up to whole food plant-based, maybe go, you know, one day a week and then every other day and then every day. Um, but it, it's all about progress, right? Not perfection. Just do what you can do to get yourself on the train. And then from there, you'll, you can ramp up to a hundred percent, right? Um, if you know somebody who, um, this podcast might benefit, please, please share it with them. Um, share it with a friend, share it with a neighbor, share it with a loved one. Um, if you don't want to insult them, I'm happy to reach out for them or to them on your behalf. I don't even have to say I got them their name from you. You know what I'm talking about? I've um, done it before. I'm happy to do it again. Anyway, um, please, please take care of yourselves. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, ryan at mainlyplants.com or you can t- contact me through there's a, there's a contact page on the website. Um, and until next week. Go eat a salad.